Good morning. Good morning. Praise God you're here. Seriously. I've seen something that caused me alarm last week. I wasn't here last Sunday. I went to church somewhere else because uh, I was visiting my sister. And it caused me a shock so bad that I wanted to bring it to our attention. Because we have a treasure in Christ Jesus who we just celebrated a moment ago. The sacrifice that he did for you and I because we, well, we're human. We sin. But he wants us to be with him, and so he sacrificed himself that he might show us and pave the way for us. That we might have and know the joy of salvation. So I've got to ask you a couple of questions. We're going to do a little history lesson this morning. And you know in the Old Testament it shows us a physical thing to teach us a spiritual lesson. And so we're going to look at that this morning because we're actually going to be in Jeremiah. I kind of fooled you with this here. That's all right because we're going to read this first. But we're going to see if we're in power or if we're in peril. Folks, one of these days we're going to come up here and someone's not going to be here. And I want to ask you a question. How much do you value your own soul? You know, God took and made a unique you and put a soul within you that's eternal. How much do you value your own soul? That's the question you have to ask. And do you recognize God's power in your life? And then the other thing we have to ask, what if we were dispersed today? What if you were dispersed today, never to see your other brothers and sisters in Christ, and you went to somewhere else in the country, or maybe even to another country? What would you do if there was no church there? Would you be able to look in God's Word and put one together and be that light in that community? Folks, we live in a world that's pervasive in idolatry today. We live in a world that's in peril today because of sin. We're going to see that in Scripture. Because when a nation sins against God, it's in peril. Because God withdraws His blessings from that nation. And the innocent have to suffer along with the guilty. And you and I as Christians, no matter what age we're born into, it's going to be an age of what? An age of trial. Because it's all about the trial of the Spirit. Do we love God? Do we believe God? Do we want to walk towards God? Or is it the world that we're listening to? You know, we've been talking about that for a little while. I went to a place to where no one was willing to stand up on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and have a Bible study. They had digressed to a point, and I'm not going to point a finger. I'm just telling you what I saw and what I know. They had digressed to a point when they had no more people coming to you and I, but they had no they have an hour, an hour a week to devote to God. That's it. And boy, they were going to get out of there in an hour. And you know how many times I've ran you over. I apologize. But the real fact is, we're here to worship God, not to necessarily please ourselves. And I would rather have understanding and do what's right in the sight of God 
than be lackadaisical and put ourselves in peril. Because <clears throat> the Proverbs writer says that any nation that does righteousness is exalted, and sin is a reproach to any nation. But there's a couple of verses around that I'd like us to look at as well. But I want us to understand <clears throat> that we can come to church and we can be just as dead as a rock on the shore. They were whispering. I'm telling you, they were afraid of this world. They had they had a plastic deal up where he couldn't talk, you know, because they're afraid of the germs. What happened to Daniel and his buddies and the lions in the fire and all that? Have we forgot our Christianity? Have we forgot our history? Have we forgot that this world is a trial ground to you and I, and that we're here to be bolstered by the word of God, that we might proclaim God's word, not in silence, not by hiding, but by being bold in the faith. We're either empowered or we're in peril. We ain't going to hide. The world's not going to get any nicer. The world's not going to become righteous overnight. The world's never going to bow down to God. It's you and I that chose that path. So we might as well realize that we're a peculiar people. That would be the last part of the lesson, but I'm going to jump to the last. We're peculiar people. We're not like the world, and we ought not to be like the world. Because when we compromise in that fashion, it becomes a very weak faith. In fact, what did I write here? Men of weak faith are failing the Lord, and they're failing themselves. We have a responsibility as a Christian to take the resources that God gives us and to build within ourselves a bulwark of faith. <laughs> and part of that is coming together. Because like he said a few weeks ago, we're called to assembly. Because we need the strength of the assembly. I need you that I see you, every one of you, because I know you're struggling too. And I know that you put your faith in Christ Jesus and you walk down here in this world and you still stumble a little bit just like I do. And we're trying the best that we can to stand up in Christ and to live a life that's pleasing to the Father that no matter when we're called home, we're ready to go. Because we've done what is our faithful service. Not anything exceptional. But we've had our faith in Christ. Because it's a spiritual walk, folks. It's not about showing up in the nice suit it's not about wearing a tie to church. It's not about all that fancy stuff. And we plainly don't believe that because we don't, no one's got a tie here. That's cool. It doesn't matter. It's not what it's about. It's not a pony show. We're here to support one another in the most holy faith and to build one another up in the most holy faith and to proclaim God's word in truth and in spirit and truth and worshiping in spirit and truth. Not like meek little mouse that's got to hide in the corner and whisper and be ashamed of the gospel. God forbid that anything like that ever happened here at this congregation. <laughs> it was a sad deal, man. I'm telling you what. 
We should never be like that. Turn with me to Proverbs 14. The idolatry that I'm talking about, I want you to understand, idolatry in the Old Testament, they were actually worshiping little idols and stuff. But in today's world, idolatry is things like education, medicine, worldliness, uh, materialism, uh, you know, work, workaholicism, whatever. I mean, there's a thousand things that people worship. And when they worship it, they put it at the center of their life. Whether it's their job or their family or anything. But the center of our life should be Christ. Christ! I don't have a right to put other things at the center of my life because if I do, I'm just like the world. I'm just like the world. I'm putting vain things at the height and center of my life if I'm like that. Or else I submit to my Lord. And I'm challenging you to submit to Christ because that's the only way that you see the Father. And it's the only way that you really enjoy Christianity. You know, I keep harping on the joy of salvation, you know, and, and uh, trust and obey. It's the only way to be happy in Jesus. Well, there is happiness and joy in Christ Jesus because you have a security of salvation. No matter what wins, this world blows on us. And it's going to blow winds on us. You look at history. We're going to take a history lesson here in a minute. We're going to go back to Jeremiah. But I'm telling you, look at history. It's always blown down on the people. And we submit to God, submit to Christ, we submit to this world. One or the other. Proverbs 14. Let's start about verse 30. A tranquil heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. This is kind of the way the world is out there. He that oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. We see that around the world. So we see that the world reproaches the maker, but he that hath mercy on the needy honoreth him. See, he's showing the two sides of how we can be. Verse 32, the wicked is thrust down in his evil doing, but the right... Ah, the righteous has a refuge in his death. Now I want you to see that. The refuge in his death. Folks, it's inevitable. We're only going to live for a certain amount of time. And we think we're going to live for a long time because we've lived so far this, this far, see. But we don't know anybody that hasn't got out of here alive except for Christ. And he was raised from the dead. So we know that we're all destined to the grave. But you see, life's not guaranteed. What if you were to die this afternoon? Or tomorrow? Or next week? You don't know. You're going to plan your life. And the day before you die, you're not going to know that. Unless you got real sick and you went downhill. But most of the time, you're not going to know the day before you die. The world doesn't either. They put their faith in worldly things. We put our faith in Christ. The wicked, verse 32, is thrust down in his evil doing, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding. Now this is where you and I are called. We're called to have that wisdom and understanding that comes in Christ, see. But that which is in the inward part of fools is made known. <clears throat> and here's our key verse. Righteousness exalts a nation, 
But sin is a reproach is to any people. You know, sin is funny. <clears throat> because there's one way to God, and there's many ways to sin. But one way to sin is just being ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Think about that. <clears throat> one way to be, uh, sin is just to not stand up for the Lord. To be quiet about those things. To be to be silent. Oh, to be lacking in faith. To be weak in faith. Now he brings us along, folks. But I'm encouraging you to read God's word so that you can grow in that faith. You're not showing it to me. I'm not showing it to you. We're, we're studying to be approved before God. Before God. And guess what? There ain't no one going to make yourself alive. Only Christ will make you alive in God. When you submit to Christ, then you can be empowered towards God. But unless you submit to God and be empowered by His Word, you can be in peril. And I'm not judging you. You're not judging me. This same thing applies to me. You know. When I seen that the other day, they're not even having any Bible classes at all. And there was more men there than there is here. If you were spread apart, would you not study and teach even if you didn't know how or if it embarrassed you? You know, it's not easy to do these things, but, but think about this. We owe it to God, to Christ, because He saved us. But not only that, we owe it to others around us because we have the knowledge of the Lord. And that's what we're called to do. Let's see. Turn with me to Jeremiah 3. We're going to read the first 15 verses. It's a little hard. But the lesson is in verse 10. And it's talking about a nation defiled by sin. They're worshiping everything else but God. And he uses marriage up front to show it. If a man divorced his wife and then he went back to that original wife, how wicked it is. And this is the way that Israel was back then. His own people. And he condemns it. And he tries to show them that they have to have a more righteous stance and spiritual stance in life. Because if they don't, they're only coming back and pretending to be religious. Now listen, our God is not a God of pretense. He doesn't pretend with you. He never did. He always told you the truth. And when his son was crucified, that was a real life that was taken. That was real blood that was shed. All right? And so we can't be pretending with God. And I encourage you that if you're sitting on the fence or if you're just kind of doing the pretending religion thing, think, rethink it, please. <laughs> because it's not going to do us any good. Because he condemned these people for pretending religion. <clears throat> he predict and this is in the Old Testament. And this was a physical thing. But he's teaching us a spiritual principle. The same thing applies spiritually to you and I. God wants our heart. God wants our mind. God wants us to love Him. And He's demonstrated all the things that we might be able to learn 
and to have wisdom, understanding, and learn to come to love God. It is a process. It is a learning. You have to want it. You have to come to it. It's not something that's going to come down and zap you one day. And, oh, oh, well, I got it now. I figured it out. No. No, you're going to have to have a curiosity about it. You're going to have to have a value of your own soul about it. The world wants you, you know, instant gratification in this world. You go out and have fun this afternoon. Do anything you want. But he's trying to show you that there's something beyond the grave. And there's something more than just the simple gratifications of life. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. He's not saying that. But he is saying you live a righteous life. Which is different. Let's read this. Jeremiah 3 verse 1. If they say, they say, if a man put away his wife, and she go from him and become another man's wife, will he return unto her again? Will not that land be greatly polluted? In other words, he's saying this is a great sin. All right? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet returned again unto me, saith Jehovah. He's talking about their unfaithfulness. And unto you and I, it's, it's all the things that draw us away from God. It would cause us to look from God and be unfaithful to him. Because he wants a faithful people, a peculiar people, see? It says, lift up thine eyes into the bare heights and see where thou hast not been, has not been lain with by the ways that thou hast set for them as an Arabian horse in the wilderness and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Now back then, they were actually worshiping physical idols and doing different things up on these mountaintops and different things to pollute the land. And we're going to see, just as we're seeing here in the world, that as, God, as man leaves God, God starts to pull away his blessings. Now we're seeing that in, in all over the world right now. Think about the food and stuff that's going to be shortage and stuff. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening because of sin. <clears throat> now you can put any blame you want to on it, but we're reading that the land is going to be polluted because of sin. And we need to understand this. We need to have understanding that goes beyond today's headlines and the CNN. Because they ain't going to tell you the truth ever. Ever. Not going to happen. <clears throat> by thy ways, by the ways thou hast set for them, an Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the lands with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers that have been withholden, and there have been no latter rain. In other words, you've been wicked, so you're not going to get any rain and any blessings. Yet thou hast... A harlot's forehead, thou hast refused to be ashamed. That's the world we live in today. Think about the world that we live in today. They're not ashamed of sin. You and I are ashamed of sin. Because God teaches us that, and we're trying to have our conscience <laughs> sensitive to God. But the world's not ashamed of sin. They're not. They flaunt it. They're arrogant about it. Whether it's sensuality, murderous things, Whatever it is, money, I don't care what it is. They're, they flaunt sin. They love sin. They're in love with it. Thou refuse to be ashamed. Wilt not from this time cry unto me, My father, thou art the guide of my youth. 
Will he retain his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken, and thou hast done evil things, and hast thou, and hast thou hast had thy way. Moreover, Jehovah said unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hast done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there has played the harlot. And I said, After she has done all these things, she will return unto me, but she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Now he's talking about nations. He's talking about the physicality of what they did against him. But that applies to you and I in a spiritual sense. Because he wants us to be subject to him and not to be influenced so much by all this stuff out here. Because we're to be a peculiar people to him. He's called us out of that world. Now, there's some people that are attracted to the world, that are attached to the world, have their faith in the world, and, and like a moth to the flame, can't stay away from it. I got that. But you and I have decided not to do that. And so we need to either see that we're either empowered in Christ or we're in peril. Because there's no such thing as half-baked, compromised Christianity. There ain't no such thing. You think you can pretend all you want, and you know, you put on a good show right here. And I'm talking to my, me as well as to you. But it ain't going to work, because that's not what counts. God knows our heart. He wants us from the heart. He wants me to love my brothers and sisters out here no matter what happens. As long as they're asking for forgiveness or they need my love. Because it's not all about me. we got to get out of the me syndrome. See, that's why society is so hard on me, my, and I and getting you to love yourself and you're worth everything. Because they want you to be so special that you can't consider others. But God wants you to consider others first. Him first, others second, and you third. That's the order. And we don't get that because we're not taught that. We're taught first, second, third, fourth. That's what we're taught. And that's what we do. Verse 8. And when I saw for this very cause that backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorcement. Yet Treasurer Judah, her sister, feared not, but she also went and played the harlot. And it came to pass, through the lightness of her whoredom, that the land was polluted and she committed adultery with stones and stocks. In other words, she's putting all her faith in stuff of the world. The stones and the stocks are the stuff of the world out here. You know, today they got crystals and magic and all that stuff. Same stuff. Same thing. <clears throat> and yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judith hath not returned unto me with her whole heart, but faintly, faintedly, said Jehovah. In other words, in pretense only. So yet they saw God's mighty works. And they repented not. And when they did repent, they only came to him half-heartedly. 
by pretense. Folks, I encourage you, don't, don't have pretend religion. Don't do it. Have, be empowered. And if you're not empowered, you're in peril. But if you're not empowered, you can read God's word and he'll give that. He'll, he'll fill you up with his spirit. Now, it takes a little dedication on your part, too, you know. You have to want it. It's not just going to be automatic. Well, let's see, i got 8 o'clock uh, family shows, 9 o'clock family shows, 10 o'clock tonight, i got to go to bed. Let's see, let's see I'm going to read the Bible, but the uh, show's pretty good. Uh, well, I'll read it in the morning. Uh, but I've got breakfast and phone calls, and i got to get ready for work, and i got this and that. I've got to read the Bible this morning, but uh, maybe I'll do it when I have a break, you know. But then a break phone call comes in, I gotta do something else, you know. The next thing you know, you ain't read the Bible in a couple, three days. You gotta cut out of time for God. You gotta cut out of time to let God empower you, or you're just gonna run out here in peril. But it's up to you. See? If you were gonna get a job, if you were gonna get a career, would you not go to school? I did it, I've done it. Alright? And when we go to school, what do we do? We sit there all day long. That's a Monday. And then we come back the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and we pour our brains out into those books, or pour the books into our brains, you think. So we take tests and get a certification of some sort. We'll do that. But then when it comes to God's word, well, I don't know. That's a lot of work, you know. <clears throat> or is it? Where's our priorities? Verse 10, he talks about how that she came back to him half-heartedly, defiled by sin still. That didn't please him. God, you're not gonna, you're not gonna please God all by yourself. You're not gonna empower yourself by yourself, okay? I'm not saying you've got to do your own self-injection, because that won't work. It's the blood of Christ who empowers you. It's God within you when you read his word and start to have understanding that empowers you. He brings us from his word of truth. That's how he forms us. He's not going to come to me miraculously and shoot me down with a bolt of lightning and say, hey, get up there and preach next Sunday. Didn't happen. It happens just the time I was a kid. But it happens because we read the Word of God. And after what I've seen this last week, God forbid that we don't have men ready to stand up and preach the truth more than an hour a week. And by the way, the sermon was less than... I've already gone longer than their sermon. I haven't even introduced <laughs> I haven't even heard this lesson hardly. And we've gone longer than their whole sermon. I'm not trying to down those people. I'm just trying to say we're either we're either endeared to God, empowered and endeared to God. We either trust God, we either go towards God. And I want to go towards God. I love God. I think He's the greatest thing there ever was, because He He made us. And he loves me enough to give his own son as ugly as I am. And as poorly as I behave. See? But see, we're all sinners. And it's all on the blood of Christ. 
And if we don't see that, then we are in peril. Verse 12, And go and proclaim these words toward the north, and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, said Jehovah. I will not look in anger upon you, for I am merciful. See, we've got to see God as merciful. He's talking to people that have rejected him and backslided against him and done all kinds of nonsense that we call sin. Well, he does too. But they were his people. They were his special people. And he wanted them to come back and he was ready to forgive them. Well, guess who we are in spirit? They were in, they were in physical, but you and I are God's people in spirit. You see. So he wants us to come to him. If we've wandered away, come back to him. If you're with him, grow in spirit and truth. You see. <clears throat> I will not keep anger forever. Verse 13. Only, now here's what he asks us. Here's what he asks them. Only acknowledge thy iniquity that thou hast transgressed against Jehovah thy God and has scattered thy ways to stranger under every green tree that ye have not obeyed my voice. Return, O backsliding children, said Jehovah, for I am a husband unto you, and will take you one of a city and two of a family. I will bring you to Zion. See what he's saying there? Not everybody's coming to here and there. Do you want to go to Zion? Are you one of the ones that, he, that want to go there and be with God? You have to have that desire, you know. You have to have that desire within you. I can't put it within you. But God can. He can help you. He can strengthen you. You've got problems that you can't overcome. That's fine. Christ can help you. If you, if you lean on him. If you look to him. If you ask him. But you'll never do it if you do it by yourself. Because if you do it by yourself, you're going to be a legalist, you're going to be weak, and you're going to be in fear because you're looking to yourself to do it. And you can't do it by yourself. It has to be in Christ. There's only one way to the Father. Verse 15, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God gives us that if we want it. If we seek him. Jeremiah 2. Let's go back a chapter. And let's go down to verse 19. I want to see the recompense of sin. Because again, you're either empowered or in peril. And sin has a recompense, a reward. Now, it's not like God has a reward, but it comes back on you. Because, you see, when, when we walk in weakness of faith, it's going to come back to haunt you. Because my mind is not going to be clear with God. Because I haven't been thinking about his stuff. I've been thinking about all the rocks and the sticks and all the uh, other idols out there in the world, see. I'm letting them influence me. So let's read what it says, verse 19 of Jeremiah 2. Thine own wickedness shall 
correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken Jehovah thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord, Jehovah of hosts. You see what they've done? They forgot God. They don't fear him anymore. And I don't mean the fear of fear and trembling. I'm talking about the fear of respect and honor that knows how awesome God we, we serve. The fear of trembling brings us to him. But the honor and respect and the love keeps us there. For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bonds, and thou sayest, I will not serve. For upon every hill and under every green tree did thou bow thyself down, playing the harlot. Yet I planted thee a noble vine, holy a right seed. How then art thou turned into a gener degenerate branches of a foreign vine unto me? That's what I seen the other day. I, I, I seen weak faith, and, and I know that they're struggling in some way, but folks, before God, we ought to be men enough, and even women enough, to read God's word, to know when the truth is being proclaimed and when it's not. And no compromise otherwise. We're not here to play the harlot. Right? We're not here to play the compromise. We're not here to play pretend religion. I got problems. I'm not going to tell you up here that I got no problems in my life. I'm not going to pretend that. But I'm also not going to pretend anything else rather than Christ. Because Christ is the only answer we have. The only answer you have. The only answer I have. For though thou wash thee with lye, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. How canst them say, I am not defiled, I have not gone after Balaam? See the way, the valley? Know what thou hast done. Thou art swift, dromedary, transversing her ways, a wild ass used to the wilderness that snuffeth up the wind in her desire, in her location, who can turn her away? In other words, sin has got them led by the nose. This iniquity out here has got them led by the nose like a wild donkey, like a wild animal. Animals are led by their instinct. That's all they got. You and I are led by reason. God reasons with us. We're not led around like wild animals just doing whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, when the wind shifts, we just go with it. No. That's not how we are. <clears throat> All they that seek her will not weary themselves in her month. They shall find her. In other words, whoredom is easy. They're out there doing it. Withhold thy foot from being unshod and thy throat from thirst. But thou sayest, it is in vain. For now I have loved strangers, and after them I will go. And that's what a lot of people do. They love the world, and they're going to go after it with all they got. As the thief is ashamed when he's found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets. He's talking to all of us. Who say to a stock, thou art thy, my father. You see, we should do the same thing to education, medicine, money, economy, worldliness, materialism, whatever you want to say. Thou hast brought me forth, for they have turned their back unto me and not their face. But in time of their trouble, they will say, Arise and save us. But where are thy gods that thou hast made thee? Let them arise and see if they can save thee in time of trouble. 
For according to the number of thy cities are the number of thy gods, O Judah. Wherefore, ye will contend with me. Ye all have transgressed against me, saith Jehovah. In vain I have smitten your children. They received no correction. Your own sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. You can see what he, you can read the rest of it. I don't have time. We're already getting quarter over. But God was displeased with them, folks, because they did not recognize him as God. And we will never be empowered to stand and be bold. You know, what, what, what if they outlaw? What if they put a law next week on the books in Washington State that said you can't have over five people gathered together to worship the Bible. Y'all going to stay home? I won't. I mean, I'm asking you. And what if they said, listen, you guys get together and we may be arresting some of you guys. Where's your faith? You going to stay home? Are you so fear of the government that you won't honor God over the government? You see, I'm posing these questions because we don't know what the future's going to hold. But I know what history has done, and you can read it. That's why we're looking in the Old Testament, because he's trying to show us that we are a peculiar people. Now, I don't have time for the rest of this lesson tonight, today, because we're going to wander a couple more Old Testament, then we're going to wander into the New Testament. But I'd like to finish this, because we need to see that we're either for God or against God. We're either empowering Christ or in peril. And folks, God gives us these warnings because he loves us. Do you know that? Do you know that? The warnings come from God because he loves us. He doesn't want to lose you. He doesn't want to lose me. But you know what? If I believe in the devil or if I believe in the wrong thing or if I go out here and I wander off, I can lose myself. You know, you turn away from God. Now, I'm not accused of us of that. But what I do want to understand is that we need that work on having that strong faith in Christ where when Merle passes away we have men of understanding that can teach a class we got ones that will still stand up on a Wednesday night and say hey if no one comes don't matter I'm going to be here 6 o'clock and we're going to have a Bible study all you want to come come 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock on Sunday night same thing 10 o'clock on Sunday morning same thing because I'm telling you you think about this one and this is what blew me away over there. One hour a week. We got 52 weeks a year. So you even have one Bible study to that, and now you're in worship service for 52 hours, you know, 52 weeks a year, and now you got 52 hours of Bible study, just one. Now, that maybe that's Sunday morning. Then you had a second Bible study, maybe on Sunday night or something. Now that 52 turns to 104, and then 166, whatever it is, Right? And then if you add another one, another one, pretty soon you're, you're studying the Bible a couple hundred times a year. And that's just when you come together. And then you're still going to study those things at home and read a little bit. It might build your faith after a while. See? That's what it's for. To build your faith. Or we can just <coughs> go down to weakness to where we just feign religion Weak. Uh, I, might, I might come if I could. We might have a class. I don't know. Or when we come together, have nothing to offer. 
That's a sick thing. It was sad. And the reason I bring it up is because we have a pretty good congregation here. About the same amount of people they had over there. They had 32 that morning. And I count about that many here this morning. But should we never, we should never cower down, be ashamed of the gospel, do everything like it's a bad thing, you know. And, and, you know, I love, thank you for singing these songs this morning, because, you know, we were hit. But when we sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, I mean, and I'm not putting down slow songs. There are appropriate time for all that. But when your heart's not in it, you can see it. Even a slow song, your heart can be in it. Oh, how I love Jesus. You can do it different ways. But when you don't care at all, I tell you what, I'd rather stand up here and embarrass myself, jump around like a monkey and proclaim God's word, and answer for that on the day, make a fool of myself, answer for that on that day. Because we either empowered of God or we're in peril. God wants a powerful, peculiar people. We're going to see that. He wants you to be secure in your salvation every day you live. To where you live in the joy of salvation. Not jumping up and down like the world does, but in the security that when you do the right thing, God's watching you because you are part of his family. No matter how much I love Izzy, I've had Izzy again this morning. He can't come in. He ain't part of the family. I wish he was mine. I like him a lot. He's a really cool cat. But he ain't part of my family. He can't come in the house. That's sad. I want to be part of God's family. I want to be in the house. If you're not a Christian this morning, we encourage you to come to Christ, confession that He is Son of God, be baptized. Rise up. Walking in newness of life. If you're a Christian this morning, the only purpose of my sermon is to help uplift you and to help encourage you to be a stronger Christian and to, to trust God and to trust Christ and to read that word that you might be empowered in spirit and live in righteousness. That you might overcome this world. Because the world's going to try to overcome you. You're either going to control your life or the world is. You're either going to let Christ be in control of it, be empowered in God, or you don't let the world be in control of it. One of the two. That's how much you got in your soul. Just stand and sing our closing song. Thank you, Darren. Thank you for listening.